0: Chapter Four Part Three of Lord of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Hogan. Lord of the World by Robert Hugh Benson. Chapter Four Part Three. It was not until nearly two hours later that Percy was standing at the house beyond the Junction. He had argued, expostulated, threatened, but the officials were like men possessed. Half of them had disappeared in the rush to the city, for it had leaked out in spite of the government's precautions that Paul's house, known once as Saint Paul's Cathedral, was to be the scene of Belzenberg's reception. The others seemed demented. One man on the platform had dropped dead from nervous exhaustion, but no one appeared to care, and the body lay huddled beneath the seat. Again and again Percy had been swept away by a rush, as he struggled from platform to platform in his search for a car that would take him to Croydon. It seemed that there was none to be had, and the useless carriages collected like driftwood between the platforms, as others whirled up from the country, bringing loads of frantic delirious men, who vanished like smoke from the white rubber boards. The platforms were continually crowded, and as continually emptied and it was not until half an hour before midnight that the block began to move outwards again. Well, he was here at last, disheveled, hatless, and exhausted, looking up at the dark windows. He scarcely knew what he thought of the whole matter. War, of course, was terrible, and such a war as this would have been too terrible for the imagination to visualize, but to the priest's mind there were other things, even worse. What of the universal peace? peace, that is to say, established by others than Christ's method? Or was God behind even this? The questions were hopeless. Felsenberg, it was he, then, who had done this thing, this thing undoubtedly greater than any secular event hitherto known in civilization. What manner of man was he? What was his character, his motive, his method? How would he use his success? So the points flew before him like a stream of sparks, each it might be harmless, each equally capable of setting a world on fire. Meanwhile, here was an old woman, who desired to be reconciled with God before she died. He touched the button again three or four times, and waited. Then a light sprang out overhead, and he knew that he was heard. "'I was sent for,' he exclaimed to the bewildered maid. I should have been here at twenty-two. I was prevented by the rush." She babbled out a question at him. "'Yes, it is true, I believe,' he said. It is peace, not war. Kindly take me upstairs." He went through the hall with a curious sense of guilt, but this was Brand's house, then, that vivid orator so bitterly eloquent against God, and here was he, a priest, slinking in under cover of night. Well, well, it was not of his appointment. At the door of an upstairs room the maid turned to him. "'A doctor, sir?' she said. "'That is my affair,' said Percy briefly, and opened the door. A little wailing cry broke from the corner, before he had time to close the door again. "'Oh, thank God! I thought he had forgotten me. You are a priest, father.' "'I am a priest. Do you not remember seeing me in the cathedral?' yes yes sir i saw you praying father oh thank god thank god percy stood looking down at her a moment seeing her flushed old face in the nightcap her bright sunken eyes and her tremulous hands yes this was genuine enough now my child he said tell me my confession father percy drew out the purple thread slipped it over his shoulders and sat down by the bed but she would not let him go for a while after that. Tell me, father, when will you bring me Holy Communion? He hesitated. I understand that Mr. Brand and his wife know nothing of all this? No, father. Tell me, are you very ill? I don't know, father. They will not tell me. I thought I was gone last night. When would you wish me to bring you Holy Communion? I will do as you say. Shall I send to you in a day or two? Father? Ought I to tell him? You are not obliged." I will, if I ought. Well, think about it, and let me know. You have heard what has happened." She nodded, but almost uninterestedly, and Percy was conscious of a tiny prick of compunction at his own heart. After all, the reconciling of a soul to God was a greater thing than the reconciling of East to West. It may make a difference to Mr. Brand, he said. He will be a great man now, you know. She still looked at him in silence, smiling a little. Percy was astonished at the youthfulness on that old face. Then her face changed. "'Father, I must not keep you. But tell me this. Who is this man?' "'Felsenberg?' "'Yes.' "'No one knows. We shall know more to-morrow. He is in town to-night.' She looked so strange that Percy for an instant thought it was a seizure. Her face seemed to fall away in a kind of emotion, half cunning, half fear. "'Well, my child, father, I am a little afraid when I think of that man. He cannot harm me, can he? I am safe now. I am a Catholic.' "'My child, of course you are safe. What is the matter? How can this man injure you?' But the look of terror was still there, and Percy came a step nearer. You must not give way to fancies, he said. Just commit yourself to our blessed Lord. This man can do you no harm." He was speaking now, as to a child, but it was of no use. Her old mouth was still sucked in, and her eyes wandered past him, into the gloom of the room behind. My child, tell me, what is the matter? What do you know of Felsenberg? You have been dreaming. She nodded, suddenly and energetically, and Percy for the first time felt his heart give a little leap of apprehension. Was this old woman out of her mind, then? Or why was it? That name seemed to him sinister." Then he remembered that Father Blackmore had once talked like this. He made an effort, and sat down once more. "'Now tell me plainly,' he said. You have been dreaming. What have you dreamt?' She raised herself a little in bed, again glancing around the room. Then she put out her old ringed hand for one of his, and he gave it, wondering. The door is shut, father. There's no one listening. No, no, my child. Why are you trembling? You must not be superstitious. Father, I will tell you. Dreams are nonsense, are they not? Well, at least, this is what I dreamt. I was somewhere in a great house. I do not know where it was. It was a house I have never seen. It was one of the old houses, and it was very dark. I was a child, I thought, and I was— i was afraid of something the passages were all dark and i went crying in the dark looking for a light and there was none then i heard a voice talking a great way off father her hand gripped to his more tightly and again her eyes went round the room with great difficulty percy repressed a sigh yet he dared not leave her just now The house was very still. Only from outside now and again sounded the clang of the cars, as they sped countrywards again from the congested town, and once the sound of great shouting. He wondered what time it was. "'Had you better tell me now?' he asked, still talking with a patient simplicity. "'What time will they be back?' "'Not yet,' she whispered. Mabel said, "'Not till two o'clock.' "'What time is it now, father?' He pulled out his watch with his disengaged hand. "'It is not yet one,' he said. "'Very well. Listen, father. I was in this house, and I heard that talking, and I ran along the passages till I saw light below a door, and then I stopped. Nearer, father.' Percy was a little awed in spite of himself. Her voice had suddenly dropped to a whisper, and her old eyes seemed to hold him strangely. "'I stopped, father. I dared not go in. I could hear the talking, and I could see the light, and I dared not go in.' father it was felsenberg in that room from beneath came the sudden snap of a door then the sound of footsteps percy turned his head abruptly and at that same moment heard a swift indrawn breath from the old woman hush he said who is that two voices were talking in the hall below now and at the sound the old woman relaxed her hold i i thought it to be him she murmured Percy stood up. He could see that she did not understand the situation. ''Yes, my child,'' he said quietly, ''but who is it?'' ''My son and his wife,'' she said. Then her face changed once more. ''Why, why, father?'' Her voice died in her throat, as a step vibrated outside. For a moment there was complete silence. Then a whisper, plainly audible, in a girl's voice. ''Why, her light is burning!'' Come in, Oliver, but softly. Then the handle turned. End of Kwan, Chapter Four, Part Three. Recording by Linda Hogan.